Welcome to the It's Her Time podcast. This is Cody and Jess. Hey ladies, this is Jess. And today I get to have a super fun interview with my dear friend, Michaela Skinner, which I'm sure so many of you know Michaela, an incredible Olympic athlete. She's an incredible gymnast. And I had cool mom points just barely because my twin daughters got to meet Michaela. But they're the cutest. So I think I won. I scored. I got to meet uh, them. Yeah. they. I am a cool mom now. So thanks for doing that. Today, Michaela and I are going to go from the beginning. How did Michaela decide that she was going to take gymnastics to the next level? How has she competed while well, on her period? How has she potentially struggled with her period if she has? And also, we're just here to chat all things to inspire women to get after their goals and chase some tough things in life. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Before we dump, like, jump right into the episode, we're going to do our fun Mixers Girls Say. And this week, we're going to go through things that give you the ick. Do you know what the ick means? Um, I didn't tell we just talked like a few seconds ago. <laughs> I know. It's funny that you say that because when we put this question box up on Mixers, I was like, what's the ick? And all of our employees over at Mixers are like, the ick? It's like the things that are just ew and gross. Everyone knows it, but I'm like not trendy apparently. I guess but, I'm not either. Yeah. So you and me, now we're super trendy because <laughs> we know what the ick means. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So I want you to tell me if these things give you the ick or not. First, when a man wears flip-flops. I actually don't mind it. I feel like my husband doesn't like wearing flip-flops, but whenever we go somewhere, I'm like, can you not wear your vans and your shoes, especially like in the sand? Mm. So I don't Mm -hmm. mind flip-flops. I think think it's a good thing. I think flip-flops are fine if like the guy takes care of his feet, (laughs) but like that's the same for a girl, right? Yep. I don't know. Okay. This is hilarious. My dad spit a loogie out the window while driving and it flew in. (laughs) It flew into my brother's window and into his mouth. Oh, how does that even happen? 100% the ick. And I feel like the odds of that were like one in a billion. Right. The fact that that happened. Right. Especially in the mouth. You yeah. Know? So were both their windows open? Yeah. I, yeah what? Yeah, that's the <laughs> ick. For sure. For sure. Okay. Um, guy asked me on a first date and then asked me if I'd pay when the bill came. Yeah, that's… No, that's not good. What would you even do? I don't think I've ever been on a date where I've had a, where I've, where guys made me pay. So I don't even know how I would react, honestly. I know. I feel like I would just pay, but then like never talk to him again. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Told me I owed him a makeout sesh because he bought me dinner. No. (laughs) No. Never talk to him again either. Um, got the ick. (laughs) The way a guy ate his burger on a first date. Have you ever been with someone that like the way they're eating is just so gross? I don't know if I have. You're just so nice. I feel like… I don't know. I feel like like slurping or like chewing so loud or like mouth open. It's like… It's just so distracting. Right? Like but you don't want to… But I feel like I haven't had that on a date for some reason. Or maybe I just haven't been paying attention because I'm so nervous about myself. That like, I feel like I'm not even like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Don't you hate when you're around people and the whole time you're wondering if you have food in your teeth? 
Yes. And you're just like so, you like try not to smile or like laugh with like teeth because right. you're like so right. concerned. That but you then have- that's when I be the good friend and I say, hey, you got something in your tooth. Get it out. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> that's my biggest thing when like fly down, food in my teeth, Ooh, booger yeah. in my nose. Yep. Yep. Just please tell me because I'd rather someone tell me and like maybe for a moment be a little embarrassed, but like much better than going home from something like two hours later and being like, how long did I have greens in my teeth? Right. Right. The worst. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> when I'm at a sporting event and boys do the arm thing and she says like moving them up and down to get a get the crowd hyped. That doesn't bother me at no. all. I think that's I do fun. that myself. <laughs> yes. I'm like, let's go. Yes. I doesn't bother I get me at hyped. all. I, no. And then when someone's doing that, I'm absolutely hyped. Right? Like I respond to right? it like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's do another like final. Oh, this is a good one. We're going to end on this. A man disrespecting his mama. Yeah, no. I don't think you ever should do that. No. No. I agree. So a lot of these things we agree give us the ick. Some we totally don't get the ick. Yeah. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science, and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com. M-I-X-H-E-R-S. Now we're going to jump into our regular episode. Let's chat all things Michaela. <laughs> first of all, how did you and me meet? Where was the first time we met? <gasps> it came to me. We were at that 5K race. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yep. the first time. For yep. some reason, I was thinking the jazz game was the first you time, too. but that was how yep. I knew you. And that's when I found out about Mixers. Yeah, and Didn't you were even so know. nice. Here's the fun thing about Michaela. So Mixers was at the finish line of a 5K race. It was like yep. a charity race. A bunch of women showed up. Of course, I know, like I knew who Michaela was um, at that event. And I remember just walking up to you and being like, Michaela, I just have to say hi. My girls are in gymnastics and can I take a picture with you? And I can only imagine, I don't know what that feels like, <laughs> but I can only imagine how old that gets. But for me, I was like excited to meet you because I know my girls are so into gymnastics. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be that annoying mom that's like asking for a picture. And you were so nice. Thanks. (laughs) Does that like get like frustrating? Or do you feel like people like kind of know the when to, when not to ask sort of stuff? So I I feel like I get that question a lot. And I feel like Yeah, it could be annoying, but, like, honestly, like, I love it. I like making people's day. I like making little girls' days. That's just, like, I feel like my whole thing with being in gymnastics was to be, like, that inspiration. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of want to, like, give back. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, like, I think the worst part is, like, when I first came home from the Olympics and we moved to Utah— 
I went into Target and I was with my friend Chloe and her sister. Which Chloe is so cute. She's love so her. cute. I love her. She's the best. But we were just walking around Target and these, you know, two little girls followed us around Target, like stalking us mm-hmm. for like a whole hour, you know? And so like at that point, it's kind of like, I know they want a picture. So like, just come up and ask. I, mm-hmm. I would rather you ask than like stalk me. And I got that a lot. Like just mm-hmm. shopping, going to the malls, like people just kind of follow me and stare. And I'm like, just come up and say hi. Like, yeah, come don't be say scared. Hi. Let's yeah. take the picture and yeah. then also let me be a human yeah. <laughs> and like do yeah. my thing. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. But you were so nice. And I love that you have that mindset of like, people are just excited to celebrate you because you've done something so incredible. And it's fun to meet you. And I love that you're nice and Thanks. that you see it as a, a positive thing. I want to like, let's go back, back in time. Um, I want to learn about how you even got into gymnastics. And then at what age did you, like, what age did it click that you're like, I'm going all the way. Like, I want to be an Olympian. I have the potential to be, you know, that competitive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how did, how did this even begin? Yeah. So I, my mom had a hard time getting pregnant. So we we're all kind of spread out. So I have an older brother, two older sisters, and then I was kind of the accident. My mom had me when she was 40. That's an amazing accident. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. I feel, you know, spoiled as mm-hmm. always being the youngest. But um, yeah, so my siblings did gymnastics. My mom and dad never did gymnastics. My mom was a swimmer. My dad played football and baseball. And so I don't know what got her into putting us into gymnastics. I think she just wanted something different than what they did. And so my sisters did it. And the second I came out of the womb, it was like my my sisters were my coaches, mm-hmm. you know, teaching me gymnastics. We had like a little chin-up bar where we would hang our coats in the closet, and we had a chin-up bar in there, and they would put me on it and spot me on chin-ups and just doing gymnastics. And so I kind of had a lot of skills before I even started gymnastics. Mm-hmm. So when I went into it, my mom didn't put me in it till I was five. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, kind of the age four and five is when you start. Um And, you know, I think it's every little girl's dream to be in the Olympics. Like, Mm -hmm. ever since I was really little, I was like, that's what I want to do. And, you know, I didn't really know the process and what it took to get there um, until I was 12 years old. And I was at my old gym, which was a really close family friend gym of ours that we went to forever. And they just said, you know, Michaela has a lot of potential and, you know, she needs to go somewhere else. We can't coach her. I was the highest level, which Mm -hmm. was eight. Which Which then you're like, I can't do more here. Yeah. And so I kind of hated gymnastics at the time. I just wanted to play with my friends and I just hated going to practice and training all the hours. Mm -hmm. And so my mom kept me level eight for two years and they finally just said like, no more. She needs to go somewhere else. So we went to Desert Lights and my first week there, I was— What age you know, were you now? Sorry. So 12. Okay. 12 is when I moved. And so I went into the gym. They had, you know, equipment with a pit. Like, I didn't have that at my old gym. So I just started chucking all these crazy skills. And, you know, everyone saw that I had the talent and kept telling my mom, like, she's going to be an Olympian. She's going to the Olympics. My mom's like, no, no, you know. So I went to Desert Lights, and the coaches were like, you know, she's going to the Olympics. And mm-hmm. so after just— a week of training, they put me into the elite program. And so you start with like hopes and then you go um, junior international elite and then senior elite. And so I was too old for hopes at the time, but just going um, to Desert Lights as a level eight, I did one meet nine, went level 10 and made JO nationals and junior <laughs> international elite all in one year. You go, so girl. It was crazy. So was that like all? Aw- was it almost something like, did you, did your mom ever have a moment where like, 
she knew your potential, but like some coaches almost weren't. So like, was it like your coaches always saw it and your mom didn't believe it necessarily that you ha- like had this, you know, level of skill or did everyone just always see it? I think everyone always saw it. And I think my mom did, did you too. Believe it? I don't, not really. I think I was too young to yeah. even really know. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, watching the girls in the Olympics, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. But like, until I went to Desert Lights and like, saw how the elite program works, I was like, mm-hmm. this is confusing. This is hard. I have to train seven hours a day. Oh, like, my word. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but, you know, like, I want to go to the Olympics, so this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I did it. Went into the gym, trained, you know, 32-plus hours a week, oh, my and word. just worked every single day. And, I mean, at the age of 12, that's kind of when I knew it was official. My mom, um, when we lived in Utah when I was seven and eight for two years because my dad got transferred here— um, I did gymnastics and I did the tops program and I just hated it. I just, mm-hmm. it was just too much. And so my mom actually, I quit for a year and then we moved back to Arizona and then she watched Carly Patterson Olympics and had this feeling come over her like, mm-hmm. you need to put Michaela back in gymnastics. So she did. And a mother's intuition. Right. Oh my so word. My mom gave me the choice and she gave me the time to quit because I wanted to and she didn't push me or force me, but she put me back in it and I'm glad she did, you know, kept me going and I wouldn't have been here today without her and, mm-hmm. you know, her supporting me along the journey. So, oh my word, crazy. are we so, so lucky to have incredible moms, like so moms out there just, right? Still call my mom every day. Aww, <laughs> what can I, I do? That. I need help. I need this. So yeah, we all always need yeah. our moms. Yeah. Then, okay. Tell me about, so you're doing all this training, 32? Plus hours a week, 35. Yeah, what it's you probably say? like it's I mean, it's probably over 32, yeah. but it just kind of like depends because like Saturdays were like nine to noon, but the rest of the week was mm-hmm. seven. So I don't know. What does yeah. that come out to? I'm not good at the math. Uh, well, okay, probably let's just go like this. A lot. 30, yeah. How about that? A lot of hours, <laughs> Too a many. lot more time than most people spend on anything ever in their week. What age, and like I can make some assumptions about your period, but like Mm -hmm. what age did you start your period? And was, were you a bit later than most of your friends at like, and I'm also making an assumption that you stopped going to school. Did you start doing like a. I was homeschooled sixth, seventh and eighth grade and I hated it. So I told my mom, I'm going to high school. I'm having the social life. And I got no sleep, and I'd have to be there at 6 a.m. because I had to do a zero hour. Mm -hmm. And then I'd leave at noon, train from 1 to 8, get home at 8.30, and then do homework, try to go to bed, shower, and repeat. So I hardly got any sleep, but I did it because I wanted to. The social—did you need the social aspect for sure? Yeah, that's what I needed. It was just too hard, and, you know— even going to church, I had my church friends, but then I'd miss out on all the church activities and all mm-hmm. the things. And so, like, I feel like I had friends, but it was hard because, like, it got to a point where, like, they would stop asking me to hang out because mm-hmm. I'd always have to be like, no, I can't. I have, you know, gym. And mm-hmm. then I would be gone at camps once a month. And then I would travel for worlds and all these meets, and I'd be gone for a month. And So people just assumed that you weren't around or that you couldn't come. And so then you stopped getting invited. Yeah. 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 So is Chloe hard. your friend? Have you been friends with her long? I've met Chloe, so that's why I'm yeah. asking. They're like, who's Chloe? But like, Chloe, how long yeah. have you and Chloe been friends? So I met her when I met my husband. So they didn't find out till like me and Jonas were, or Jonas and I were dating that they were third cousins. <gasps> so the moms figured oh it out, word. put it together. So they were just really good friends. And mm-hmm. she was like one of the first friends I met of Jonas's. Mm-hmm. So that's how I know her. So ever since college— 
And then obviously I lived in Utah for two years. So it was hard for us mm-hmm. to hang out because she lives here in Utah. And then now that I'm back and have free time, we've just been hanging out nonstop. Mm-hmm. So it's she was have your that Galentine to a cute party. She they was. came in the cutest matching dresses. <laughs> and so it's, we all need a good friend. You do. I'm happy. Someone you, have you can her. twin with. Yeah. It's the best. So what do you remember when you started your period? Yeah. So it was actually my freshman year of high school, mm-hmm. which. I feel like now kind of seems to be really late, mm-hmm. but then like for a gymnast, it's not that late. Right. Like some That's what I was going to say. Cause I mean, ever. okay, I did not compete like you did, but I was in like the competitive dance mm-hmm. world, um, which was a lot of training and things too. And it was like common for in the dance world for most of us to start in yeah. high school where mm-hmm. I had quite a few friends in school that started their period like sixth, seventh, eighth. And mm-hmm. I didn't start till my sophomore year, but yep. Yep. Freshman year. I know that's crazy. Sophomore. Like it's just, I know. Cause like you go to school and like everyone's already had it. And then like, I remember I was at gym and everyone was starting to get their period. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I want my period, you know, like <laughs> I want to be a woman. Like this is cool. And then everyone's like, no, you don't want it. And then I just remember like two weeks later, I was at the gym on a Saturday morning and I went to the bathroom and I'm like, I come running out. I started. Like, I was so excited. And <laughs> then after that, that, I think the second period, I was like, I don't want this. I'm over this. Like, this is yeah, horrible. This is the not cramps. Cool. Yeah. Especially being in a leotard, you well, know? Well, that's so. what I was going to say is like, as a gymnast, you are in darling, <laughs> but tiny little leotards. Yep. And then you're trying to figure out tampons or pads or competing with some tough symptoms. Do you have any memories of like still trying to keep up on your training or, you know, prep for a meet or even being at a meet while on your period? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I was really scared to use tampons. So for like probably a whole year, I'd never use a tampon. I'd just use a pad. I was really nervous and mm-hmm. um, I didn't have like crazy heavy periods. Mm-hmm. So like that was nice, but like every couple of months, I would get a really bad period where I would just cramp, and the first day mm-hmm. it would be like bad, mm-hmm. and then um, it it came to a point where like they would get so bad that I would literally be like laying on the floor crying, almost throwing up, mm-hmm. and it would just hit every like randomly couple of months. You know, it was like a weird thing, and so I actually couldn't go take my ACT one day. Mm. My mom had to cancel it because I was like on my deathbed. It was like the weirdest thing. It just hit me and I was like, I can't do this. I can't go to practice. And it's hard, you know, having to go to the gym when your stomach hurts, you're upset, you feel sick. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that kept happening until college. And I told my mom, I was like, I think I need to go on birth control Mm -hmm. or something because I just can't, it's, I can't practice like this. It just hurts. You know, it's, it's painful and it's awful. You know, periods are rough. (laughs) That's something that like frustrates us so much over at Mixers and that like we're trying to like make a bit of a change is that you look at all these incredibly talented girls and women that are chasing some incredible goals or even just really busy in Mm -hmm. life. And it's hard for us to know how many women have to change their like day-to-day activities or their trainings or how they can show up to compete because of their period and like having that be a week, 10 days Mm -hmm. of every single month where like you're going, you're training to be an Olympian. Okay. So you don't have time. (laughs) I don't have time for this. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying over at Mixers to be like, 
Okay. First of all, let's no longer accept that. Here's her time. You can Mm -hmm. show up all day, every day, every time of the month, you know, and changing kind of that. I mean, that experience that women very commonly relate Mm -hmm. to. It's frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating. And then bleeding in your leotard. and You don't want your tampon string, you know, coming out of your leotard and so many things. And yeah, the cramps is the worst. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's hard to function, especially when you have to do a four-pass floor routine and you don't have the energy and you feel sick and you just have to push through it anyway. Yeah. Would you just have to like dig deep mentally? Like what, tell me about like your, your mindset being not even like sure periods and like how you'd get through that. Cause that's interesting, but like mm-hmm. your mindset and like your mental strength to get through all of those years of trainings. And like, did you ever have a time where you were totally defeated and you didn't compete as well as you wanted? Like what, what has been your like mental game? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like being a gymnast, you just kind of learn that very young. You have really great discipline. Um, you just learn that, you know, from your coaches and gymnastics is hard. So you can't be lazy. You have to be able to go into the gym and do what you need to do because you can get hurt. You know what I mean? So like, even when you're tired, you just have to learn to push through it and your coaches, you know, help you to push through it. Maybe sometimes it's it's a little too mean, but that's the way it is. You just got to do it. But um, in elite gymnastics, we had Marta Caroli. And I don't know if you've heard about mm-hmm. her, the old Olympic coach, and, you know, all that stuff that happened, the Larry Nassar scandal, mm-hmm. everything. I do know it was about that. just, yep. yeah. Marta knew what she was doing. We were incredible. We could go up and hit a routine any place, anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And she just built that in us, and we were able to just do it, do it you know? And mm-hmm. so I think just, you know, from a young age, I've just always had that. And I've been through so many trials in my life and through gymnastics. Um, I actually want to write a book and I want to tell everybody, you know, my perspective, the coach's perspective and the parent's perspective, Mm -hmm. because no one really gets to see, you know, what you go through and how it all works and the process. And, you know, it was brutal. Like it wasn't easy. And I was able to, you know, find strength in it and keep pushing, even though I wanted to quit and give up every single day. But, you know, I wanted to make the Olympics and I wanted it bad enough. So, mm-hmm. you know, I went out and I gave it my all and I did it. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I think if you want something bad enough, you can do it. You know, just can never give up and just keep chasing your dreams and, you know, it'll all work out. And after I was an alternate in 2016 and, you know, placed fourth at Olympic trials mm-hmm. and didn't make the team and still had to go to Rio, like after that, I was just like, you know, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm over it. I want to try college gymnastics. So that's what I did. I came to the U and competed there. And I was, you know, so successful and broke all these records and was mm-hmm. still doing some of my elite skills because in college, you don't really get anything for difficulty. So mm-hmm. um, I decided, I was like, you know what? Like, I was so close. Let's give this one more shot. So I was like, I've been through hard things. I can do it again. So that's incredible because I, I feel like so, I mean, the easier thing to do is to like not put yourself through potential heartbreak a second mm-hmm. time. Like the easier thing to do is be like, I tried one time. It didn't go how I wanted, but now I'm competing at the U, which is an incredible gymnastics mm-hmm. program and like very well known as well. But like the easier thing to do would have been to like, okay, I'm crushing it at the U. Um, I'm satisfied enough, but like the, uh, that's an incredible level of like, it's like an incredible desire to achieve, um, something that hard and to put yourself through it a second time and then tell me about (laughs) that. Yeah, that was, 
it was hard. Like, I just remember my husband's mom, you know, Tom, the Utah coach, the um, head coach, you know, came to me and was like, if you're wanting to go back, we need to know because we need to recruit, get mm-hmm. other people for like, you know, the year that you're gone. And so like, I just had like a lot to think about. I was very overwhelmed and it was really stressful because like, I kept going back to the moment where I was sitting at the Olympics and we were watching, you know, the final five competing. And I was just like, I want to be out there. Like I had that fire, that burning desire to like be out Mm -hmm. there on the floor, like Mm -hmm. competing at the Olympics. And why not me? Right, right, exactly. And so I just kept going back to that moment and I was like, okay, like, I think this is what I'm going to do, but I don't really know yet. And Jonas, Jonas's mom, so my husband's mom was like, she was like, just go back to elite. Like, it'd be so easy. You can do it. Like, you're still doing your, your skills in college. And I'm like, it's not that easy. <laughs> it's brutal. And after my freshman year of college, I was like, this is the best thing ever. I like regained the love for the sport. I was like, I'm not going back to elite gymnastics. Like you said, like, you know, I could have taken the easy way out, but I decided to push myself and, you know, have no regrets. And so I went and I did it. And, you know, my first week back at practice, I just got to go and play and, you know, try to get some of my big skills back. And they came back really fast. But then once I had to start putting like routines together and like figuring stuff out, I just forgot the little things that were like so hard, you know, like in college, you do a three pass floor routine, elite, you do four passes and three of those passes, you have to dance and run off a one foot right into your tumbling pass. So like normally you get to like stand in the corner, breathe, Mm -hmm. take a second before a pass. Yeah. And elite, you don't get to do that. And then you're adding turns, leaps. And in college, you maybe do one leap and three passes or maybe two. The amount of stamina that requires is (laughs) insane. What would you do outside of like being in the gym, like with your gymnastics training? Like what, what kind of training did you do outside of the gym? Cause, or, or, or was it just focused in, in your routines and like in the gym? Yeah. So when I came, I should state my question. (laughs) Did you go to a gym and like work out differently or did you stay in the gym and do gymnastics? Everyone's like, you asked the same question. I know. So I, So, like, going into 2016, I wanted to do everything possible to, like, make the Olympic team. So, my mom, I did, like, private dance lessons because as a gymnast, I'm not that flexible. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. we went to work on flexibility and artistry. And then I started going to a trainer on the side just to, like, you know, build strength in different areas that— because, like, in gymnastics, like, your conditioning is just way different. It's all upper body and body weight. And so, like, I went and worked on things to strengthen different areas that I don't get to do when I'm in the gym. And then we decided that year going into 2016 of the Olympics, we were like, we're not going to train seven hours. You know, that was just Mm -hmm. Marta's way. That's the elite way. And, you know, I was kind of older. I was 18 going on 19 for the Olympic year. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, because with gymnastics, you peak from, you know, 16 to 18. And so, um, my coach was like, we're going to come in here for like four, maybe five hours, hit your routines, do what you need to do, work a little extra, then you're out. And so I feel like that, I mean, I've had a really sturdy body. I've never broke a bone. I've mm. never had surgery. Knocking on wood. 20 years of gymnastics. Mm-hmm. I've been it's it's amazing. crazy. They call me like freaking nature, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I was really lucky, but we just didn't pound my body, didn't overuse it. And I lasted longer compared to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back into elite, we made a game plan. We sat down, did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, I did the trainer again. And then I had a mental trainer that, you know, helped me and which I normally don't like that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. 
there was different things that we approached that helped me. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like things just get into my head and it makes it worse. And I'm like, I already know what I'm doing. I've done gym my whole life, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But there's things that, you know, I was missing that I needed and that he was able to hit, you know, those points. So that really helped on the side. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, training in the gym, but not overdoing it was key. I love that you talked about that because, I mean, I'm going to take it into hormone health a little bit. So, um, Overtraining and overexercising and like undereating is a very common combination mm-hmm. for hormonal imbalance. And like it can cause frustration for women because it can lead to like weight gain, it can lead to insomnia, things like that. Mm-hmm. But they're like, but I'm working so hard. I'm like perfect with my like workout plan, which it means they're overexercising yeah. or they're like, oh, almost just draining their bodies. Mm-hmm. Which leads to like negative side effects, not the results that they want. And Mm -hmm. it it actually is incredible to respect like what your body does for you when you respect it, give it the recovery it needs, give it the rest it needs. And you were obviously like training very hard, but so effectively. Yeah. Which really does apply to all women Mm -hmm. is like we get kind of wrapped up in this mindset of like more, 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 more. And then your body's like, please, 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 please. You know? Yeah. I love that you brought that up. Okay. Tell me about being, you know, like being an Olympian. Like what on earth does that even feel like? How would you describe that? Tell me about, you know, the experience of stepping up and like knowing this is your chance to compete and like you've made it, you're here. What on earth does that feel like? I bet you, you know? like, it's like, how do you even explain it? It's weird. Like, I mean, I feel like it still hasn't hit me, which is so weird. I mean, I know that I've retired. I'm not doing gym anymore. So like right now I'm kind of just like, I feel like I'm just really enjoying life because I've never really gotten to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it also helped the, you know, transition because like most athletes, you know, they either go to the Olympics and they retire or Mm -hmm. now they're going to college, um, which is more popular. But I just think, you know, being married, I got married during, right before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Olympics was postponed another year. So I feel like I've just been able to transition into life and like not be depressed or, you know, be sad and not know what to do with my life. I feel like my husband's helped me, you know, to work on things, figure myself out. I'm also, you know, returned back to Utah. So I'm still doing school, finishing my last year. But, you know, going to the Olympics and, you know, obviously, you know, we're Olympians, but it's like, well, you got to make it to the Olympics and you got to compete your first meet for it to like be official, you know? And so I just remember like during prelims, the very first meet, we started on floor. And after we finished floor, we were all like, we're Olympians, you Mm -hmm. know, it's real, it's real, it's happening. But there's nothing like being an Olympian and competing. Like the stress is way worse. It's a thousand times you know, I don't know. The nerves were just You have the horrible. weight of the country on yeah, your shoulders. it was, like, <laughs> so nerve-wracking. And then, like, we couldn't have our parents and our family yeah, there. Well, that's another thing. Like, you couldn't even know your so husband hard. with you. Yeah. So that was really hard because, like, I like— I'm, like, really competitive, and I like having a fan base and, like, getting into it. And You like waving your arms yes, up and yes, up and down. Yes, like, let's go, go you know? Yeah. So it was, it was definitely different. And we had podium training, which is kind of, like— you're competing. It's a practice meet. So all the judges come. You wear your competition, Leo. And um, I just remember, like, you know, there was no fans there. It's kind of just like a practice. And I'm like, okay, we got this. It will be fine. But then, like, when you're actually in the arena and, you're, like, you know it's, like, the meet time and that adrenaline's going and it's just, like, you don't get to share that success with everybody in the stands. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it was just, like, 
it just like was not the experience I wanted, especially being an alternate 2016. Like we didn't get to stay with the with the five. We had mm. three alternates. We had to stay away from them and we stayed like in this like campsite place. And then we had to drive two hours to go to the Brazilians mm. training facility and the equipment was horrible. We didn't get to stay in the Olympic Village. And then because of COVID, we didn't get to be in the village again because they wanted, well, some of the athletes were getting COVID and so they couldn't compete or, you know, do their events. So um, with us, they put us in a hotel, which was smart. But then it's like we didn't get that full experience, and I didn't get it in 2016. So there's some devastating moments, but also some really amazing moments that, you know, I'll have forever. Mm -hmm. Like being able to go and compete in vault, stepping in for Simone and taking home a silver. I'm going to say, I'm like, you stepped (laughs) in for Simone, and you took home a silver. So that was was cool. It still doesn't even seem real. I don't know. It's like that happened. That is like (laughs) – I remember everyone going like – crazy over that. It was, what, it was like, crazy. Like, what was your family doing? I Jumping up and down. I mean, <laughs> I, I, this Olympics, I don't know if you knew how it works, but there was, you know, the four and mm-hmm. then the two event specialists. And so when I first came back to Elite, it was like Jade Carey, that's from Arizona as well. She's really good on floor and vault, like I am. And so when I came back, I talked to Tom, the Olympic coach, mm-hmm. and he was like, yeah, like we want you for all around. Jade's kind of already going that route. And so I'm like, okay, like all around it is. And I ended up like, you know, proving myself and proving to everybody else that like I could do it. Mm-hmm. And I was doing really well. And, you know, we go to Olympic trials and they put me as the event specialist, which was like not what I was expecting you were at all. for that. No. And so I'm like, well, now you're like putting me and Jade up against each other. And, you know, Simone's already good at floor and vault. And then me and Jade are good at floor and vault. Because normally with a position like that, you'd take someone for floor and vault and bars and beam, you mm-hmm. know? But of course, with COVID and everything that had happened, there wasn't really another good person for them to put in for it. So they put me in that position, which I was super grateful for, you know, not what I was expecting, but, you know, I took it. I was like, I still get to go to the Olympics, you know, and run. And so I went and, you know, I knew there was a chance, you know, Jade was already, she, she actually got to compete. If you competed in a certain amount of competitions, you automatically got one of the individual spots. Mm -hmm. And so that's what she did. So she already had it. And so I kind of already knew, like, you know, if she does really well, it's kind of in her favor. And, you know, Simone, like, mm-hmm. they'll probably medal. You can only have two per country on each event. So, mm. of course, I got put in that third, third position. Place. So, like, like the I did position, so you're yeah, not so one I of couldn't the two. make it. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, at that point, I was just like, it's over. Like, it was super devastating. But I went out there and I hit all four events. Obviously, you know, there's politics involved. So, like, they kind of screwed us over on some things, but. I went out there and had the best meet of my life, like better than, you know, what I was doing the last couple meets before Olympic trials. And so <clears throat> I went All out the there. hard work paid off. It did. It did. And I was like, you know, if I'm not going home with the medal, like I don't care, you know, like this was my goal. I made it here. I did it. And um, I just remember calling like my sister and my family and my husband. And, you know, obviously it was super devastating, but they were like, you know, there's so many girls that are going to look up to you and your mm-hmm. story was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, I competed in the Olympics at 24 years old. Like, that's pretty old for Mm -hmm. gymnastics. And, you know, in the U.S., there's a couple girls from other countries that are a bit older, but they don't train like we do. And Mm -hmm. they, you know, like we break down the bodies. And I hope that I can inspire coaches as well to not, you don't need to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just, I was just grateful for what I had. And then, you know, going to go home and 
We go to what team was finals. That like getting and- called and being like, just kidding, you're not going home. Yeah, like- so it was it was crazy. So we were at team finals. So we were staying till team finals to watch. And then we I my coach and or so Lisa, my coach, and I had our bags packed. We were gonna leave that next morning after team finals. And so we're sitting there watching the You're meet. done competing. Yeah, You're I'm just done. watching. So I've already had like two days off, like haven't done anything, like staying up late just because like I can't sleep. And, you know, I feel like I still was having like adrenaline and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to still, you know, make mends with what happened, you mm-hmm. know, and like this is it. Like my career is over. So um, we were watching Simone. I was with Jade and we were sitting there and we saw the vault happen and we're like, she did not just do that. Like, would that really just happen? Like, mm-hmm. Simone did not just do that. Like, you know, she's the best in the world. She's the GOAT of gymnastics and she messed up her vault. Like, I've never seen her do that. Mm-hmm. So we go down and we go get a drink and we come back up. And while I was down there, my coach Lisa texted me and said, we're not leaving. They're having us stay. So then I look at Jade and I'm like, do I have to compete in vault finals? <laughs> like, I was mm-hmm. kind of upset in a way because I was, like, so ready to go home. And I was, you know, already. Like, and, your adrenaline has now started wearing right? off. And now you're, like, right? do I have to get back And into after, that? like, training for a month and, like, having, like, two days off. And now you're just, like, oh, like, I can relax, you know? Like, my mind just wasn't in it anymore. And then, like. Well, you sure got your mind back in it. <laughs> real quick. I was, like, I went to bed at 10 o'clock and then got up. Started eating. I I went gluten free too. Mm-hmm. So like, after I thought I was done, I was sitting there like having pasta and like blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, like eating some desserts and and then I was like, oh man, like I really got to change my mindset fast because I got to get back in the game. And then I went to practice that next day, and the girls were so supportive. And Simone texted me, and you know she was so happy, and she's like, if you have to go in for me on vault, I wouldn't want anyone else to do it but you. Aww. So it was it was incredible. It was awesome to see the way she, you know, reacted and handled everything, like, that would be so hard. Like, it almost made me more sad, like, going in like that because that's not what I wanted for her or for anybody to have to go through that. That's Mm -hmm. terrible. You're at the Olympics and, Mm -hmm. you know, you could take home five medals, you know, and that gets taken away from you because you can't do it. So anyway, but it was special. She was up in the stands cheering for me, jumping up and down, and I was like, it's so weird seeing Simone in the stands because she's always on the floor but just the way that she handled it and her positivity and supporting mm-hmm. me and wanting me to place, you know, just as bad as if, you know, she was out mm-hmm. there competing. So it was a great experience and I couldn't have asked it to go any other way. And I just remember after the meet of prelims and I was done, I like went back to my room and I prayed and I was just like, you know, like this isn't the way it's supposed to end. Like I don't, I don't understand. And I just, I kept having this like overwhelming feeling that was like, it's, it's not over. And even when I, like, told my coach, like, yeah, we can go home. It's fine. My mom and, like, so many people were like, just stay there. And I was like, but it's a whole nother week. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm tired and I'm, I'm just ready to go home. And they're like, they just had a feeling, you know, like, you need stay. to stay, you know. And so I had that, too. And I just, you know, was kind of like, well, maybe I'm just overthinking it, you know. But I definitely was the signs that, you know, this is what was supposed to happen. It was meant to be. And I got the opportunity to finally, you know, show all my hard work paying off. I just have gone through so many trials in gymnastics. And I know you probably don't know all my stories and everything that has happened. Um, That's why I want to write a book just so— You absolutely need to write a book. Yeah, because I think everybody needs to know. They Mm -hmm. don't get to see that side of it. And so just to see all the obstacles I've overcome and pushed through and didn't give up when most people would have quit and walked out the door— um, but I stuck with it and was able to make all my dreams come true. So it was it was That's so cool. So amazing. And it it really 
obviously <clears throat> just someone watching from the outside, which is me. It It's amazing to watch a woman like be that prepared mentally. It shows so much that your hard work and all of your effort for all the years paid off. And I'm so happy that you got to have like that opportunity to have all your efforts of all the years and all that you have overcome finally like fully pay off so that you could like (laughs) then ride off into the sunset and feel like, did you feel some bit of like closure at all? I think definitely, definitely. I mean, it was like, you know, everyone was so devastated in 2016 and it was like, well, that's not how I wanted to like end my elite career, Mm -hmm. you know? And like college was great and I had the best experiences, but it was like, there's just, there's something left for me to do. And I don't know what it is, but, you mm-hmm. know, I kept pushing for it and we found out what it was. And mm-hmm. it was my destiny to go to the Olympics. And I think that was just something really cool to, you know, even show gymnasts that you can still go to college and do elite gymnastics. You know, most mm-hmm. people have never even done that or tried. And just to, you know, show the fact that I was able to be 24 years old and go and do it. And, you know, even with the postponement and having COVID and I got pneumonia Mm. and then I had a bone spur in the back of my heel and was out for a while and I thought it was over and I cried every single day and my husband and my family were just trying to pick me up to get me through it because I was like, I only wanted to do this for a year. You know, go hard, push hard for a year. Everything was going so good. And then it was like, bam, you know, Mm -hmm. Olympics are over. They're getting postponed. Maybe we don't know what's going to happen. And at that point, I was kind of just like, I'm over like, it. Yeah, I was like, I'm over it. I don't even want to do the Olympics. Like, they should just cancel it. And I like, you know, take the easy way out. Just cancel it. And then we don't have to go through the hard times. Well, and then and- I'm not quitting. Yeah. <laughs> I have an excuse because right? COVID and yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, I was so negative And it was just not the best feeling. I felt depressed. And then, you know, that's when I got the bone spur. And then COVID and then all that. Because I was like, okay, like, I guess I'll stay. Because I could have just gone back to college and finished my senior year. But I was like, I've come so far. I can't give up now. And like, you know, there's those thoughts in the back of your head like, you know, what if I get sick? What if I get hurt and all this stuff? And then I kind of got hurt and then I got sick and then I got Mm -hmm. pneumonia. So I was just out for a really long time and it took me forever to get back. But like I said, I'm competitive and I wanted it. Mm -hmm. And I knew once the meets were going to start going into the Olympic year, I was like, I'll be fine. Mm. I just got to get there. I love seeing and like hearing that fire within you. That's like a next level of determination. I mean, a lot of women can accomplish incredible things and a lot of women have like extreme determination and dedication, but like it takes the next level right. to do things that right. you've done. Exactly. It takes a fighter is what my coach Bob calls it. I love it. that. It takes a fighter. It takes a fighter because totally. I, it's, I, don't, I don't really ever like talk about myself or talk about it. Talk but about yourself, my- Michaela. Come on. <laughs> well, my coach Bob… I wish he could be sitting right here right now. But, you know, he's been there with me. I used to do privates with him all the time. So I have three coaches that coach me. My main coach, Lisa, is the one that went to the Olympics with me. Um, But I also have two amazing coaches, Bob and Bruce, that have put so much time and dedication into me making it to the Olympics. And Bob, like, he would just be sitting here right now talking about how much, like, if I would fall, break my face, hurt myself, crash— how I just get back up and I do it and I do it until I finish it and I don't give up. And it was just kind of crazy. Like going back to train for this Olympics, I never missed a day of gym unless like I was sick Mm -hmm. or hurt. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I went to gym every day. I had the dedication. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to throw it all away. Mm -hmm. Obviously when COVID happened, I kind of felt like I wanted to throw it away, but I found a way to go into practice, bust it out. During COVID, I was the only one that was able to go into the gym and train because, you know, no one could go in, but they allowed me to go in by myself. 
And it was really hard to be in the gym training by myself, but mm. I was able to push through it. And, you know, on bars, bars is my hardest event. And I was trying to learn all these new skills and kept hurting myself and was like half broken. And you're alone. But I And I'm alone, which was hard. Thank goodness my husband could come because mm-hmm. we were filming for YouTube. So mm-hmm. that was nice to mm-hmm. like give me some motivation. But, you know, my coach Bob just says, I always find a way to get it done. And, you know, even if I fall 20 times, I'll get back up and keep going. So you go girl. I think it definitely takes a fighter to be able to get done what you want. So mm-hmm. what would you say like – some advice for women that are listening and they feel like this burning within them to do something that seems really hard, but they're not quite sure like what the first step should be or they're getting down on themselves. Like you talked about, like maybe they're feeling like, oh, I just don't know how to start. So maybe I mm-hmm. shouldn't do it or it seems so hard. So I'm not going to do it, but they feel that burn. What is like a first step, like a first action you recommend for women to like chase a goal? or a dream? I think it's so hard because, you know, even chasing that goal or dream, it was like, I didn't want to go into the gym every day. But, you know, I took a step back and I was like, it's the little things that are going to get you far. Mm -hmm. And I just needed to start small and it grew big. And so I just went in with a positive attitude. I tried changing my mindset, Mm -hmm. woke up with a smile on my face. And I was like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that just helped. I think you know, having the great attitude will help you in the long run because the days when I was negative and I wasn't happy and I didn't want to be in the gym, my practices were so much harder. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. You can be hard on yourself and it can be hard, but the second you walk through the door and you're in practice and the clock switches to one o'clock and it's training time, you put that smile on your face, you change your mm-hmm. attitude and just work hard and it's mm-hmm. all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. I love that you said like take one step at a time because I— I feel like I visually have moments where I'm like, I have to like bite off what I can chew. Like I have Mm -hmm. this end goal of like for me, my life and like mixers, what we're going to do. And it's big. But I have like when you just think of the end goal, it all seems really scary. It feels like it's starting to crumble. (laughs) Yes. And it seems like so hard. But I have to remind myself like bite off the bit that I can chew and digest right now and like just keep taking like little, I always say like yeah. little bites. You're yeah. like little steps because yep. it does. It adds up It adds up to a huge end goal and um, it's not quite as daunting. Yeah. Just keep well, taking a little step at a time. Yeah, even just watching you at the Albion thing. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, the race. The, the race. Yeah. Three, yeah. Um, even just like seeing how much you've grown since then, you know, like that's just crazy. Like you've done amazing things. And like you said, you just got to take it one day at a time, take a little bite, a little piece of it and keep pushing forward. But it will all work out. You're the nicest. Oh my word. You're yeah, we. you're right. We have grown even a ton since that mm-hmm. race. So thank you so Very much cool. for your time. Thanks for sharing your story. I know so many women listening to this feel inspired and it's just fun to know. Um, I think it's easy for people to watch other people accomplish really hard things and think that somehow they just were lucky or Mm -hmm. somehow they just made it or they were just in the right spot at the right time. But it's really great for people to hear like, no, there's hard work. Mm -hmm. There's dedication. There's determination. There's failure. There's um, a lot of behind the scenes story that goes into people's success and I love that we got to hear a bit about your story and I do want you to write a book because I want to read it. (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, thanks for your time and thanks for being here with us of today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Bye, Forever everyone. Forever Mixers. Yes! They're so good. <laughs> What's your favorite product? I think I really like her power and her hydration. Yeah. And I mix those two together and they're like my favorite. Boom. Yep. Love it. Okay. Thanks, Michaela. Of course. Thanks for having me.